Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Maria Lazaro. She is a poet and spoken word artist from Washington, D.C., and an undergraduate student attending the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. She uses poetry for self-expression and to address social justice issues and prejudices affecting Black people. Hope you enjoy today's Open Mic Monday. Maria, I am so excited to have you as a guest for an Open Mic Monday um, to help raise awareness. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to start out with a conversation starter. It's a random question that I'll have you answer before we get started. Okay. Okay. What holds you back the most? Often my own fear of failure. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially my fear of people judging me for making decisions when I did not ask their approval first. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I find it very hard to um, ignore what other people say I should do. um, Okay. What I think I should do. So fighting against that is definitely something I'm constantly working on. Yeah, no, I think everybody is. That's that's a good and very relatable answer. So we're going to get right into it. I'll give you an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd like to share. Um, And then you can introduce your piece and go ahead and present it. So I was born and raised in D.C., um, mostly on the northeast side of D.C., though for my early years, it was southwest. Um, that's pretty much around the Anacostia River for anybody who's not from Washington, D.C. or the DMV area. And my experiences, um, I've noticed a lot of mental health illnesses and uh, mm-hmm. a very strong lack of resources in predominantly black communities, you know, sure. and, and other communities of color, um, and especially in D.C. ghettos where these people, you know, reside the most, there's really a lack of, you know, health food stores as well. And this poem is going to showcase, you know, some of my thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay, so you can go ahead and get started. Um, The name of her poem um, is Our Youth. So I'm excited um, to hear it. And you can go ahead whenever you're ready. All right. Juice World died from a pill overdose in a Chicago airport. Some people still blame the person who snitched on the plane, forcing him to take all those pills at once. But these days, young people overdosing on some prescribed medication is not crazy. No one is surprised anymore because that happens on the daily. Juice World died like Mac Miller, and Mac Miller died like Little Peep, and so on. The list is too long. Another 21-year-old overdoses every 20 minutes, but we only notice when they were famous. We cry for a few days, say RIP, we lost another icon of our generation. Then we go back to our lives and no one cares to mention that their death was brought on by the drug craze wreaking havoc through our youth. No one wants to talk about the truth that the harshest impact is on black families because the stigma about mental health tells black kids Don't you ever go to therapy. 
their parents practically disowned them for talking about their feelings. No one is honest enough to tell them that their whole family needs counseling. With the Black experience so easily characterized by poverty, violence, and trauma, it is no wonder that frequent substance abuse is reported the most among us. In 2018, substance abuse and mental health services reported that 4.8 million Black Americans have a mental illness. Despite a reported spike in these numbers in the 2019 nationwide census, and 2020 showing us a higher rate of death for black people from coronavirus and police violence, there is still a lack of easily accessible mental health services. Our illnesses go untreated. Our wounds caused by broken homes and a racist system fester, ignored and unhealed. Before we are 25, we are less likely than our white counterparts to die from suicide, but we are still most likely to die. And mm. no one cares to tell these young rappers talking about numbing the pain with morphine injections that the music they make isn't helping this crisis situation. No one wants to tell today's black youth that rapping about murder on their mind will only land them with a court date and prison time because white Jesus forbid they rap about education. The music industry is just another white owned business. So they can't rap too much about black joy or black empowerment because our black faces glowing with happiness is considered rebellious. Our black joy be ghetto and therefore excluded just like hospitals and health food stores be excluded from the ghettos in which we live. We must talk about this. We must be loud, angry and black about it. We cannot remain silent when black education and awareness are too important. We cannot remain silent when we desperately need to promote black health and black excellence. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was so amazing. And I agree. It is so necessary for us to talk about these things. Everything you said. Yes. And amen. Like it was it was so true. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I love that you ha have taken your personal experiences. I know you said um, this is these are things that you see um, within your local community um, and for you to raise awareness, not just from, you know, an objective place, um, but actually from where it can hit home um, for many um, around our age. Um, thank you so much for for being willing and open um, to talk about um, overdosing and the mental health stigma in, in the black community is is so important to talk about. Um, I, I learned a lot, you know, from your poem um, in terms of like the statistics and different things like that. Um, I just I just loved it. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I. I really got a lot of my inspiration to write this poem from personal experience and from, you know, having conversations with predominantly um, black males um, who okay. I am friends with and those who I, you know, just come across, you know, being around mm -hmm. deep and even in North Carolina, um, mm -hmm. I've noticed that, you know, they talk about how, you know, they're struggling with a lot of things and even learning how to be a man and black at the same time in a country that, you know, really does yeah. not accept any sort of blackness at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> and how they really need someone to talk to about it. But, you know, 
their, their parents won't tell them that it's mm -hmm. okay to do that, you know? And then there's so much fear about sharing the black experience with people who, you know, are not black. And yeah. I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed as well, you know, because how are we going to do anything about our, our issues, you know, if we're only seeing them as black issues? That's so good. That's, that's so good. Uh, so let me ask you this. What would you say are the biggest, um, misconceptions that you think surround what it can be, you know, overdose, like you were talking about, or just generally in terms of the mental health um, aspect in the black community, what would you say from your experience and what you've seen and heard are the biggest misconceptions surrounding mental health um, in the black community? The biggest misconceptions, um, well, first thing would be that, you know, you have to be a crazy person to go to therapy, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. that, um, you know, even for me, I started going to therapy at my university last year um, after I had a experience that, you know, mm -hmm. really, you know, shook me up. And of course, yeah. you know, I, I know I'm not, you know, crazy, you know, quote unquote, yeah. but, you know, I don't think it's, you know, if you're going through something, you should talk to someone about it, you know, and taking it For to sure. your friends, you know, taking it to your friends is good, but, you know, then you're putting weight on them when they are not professional. Mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. Not talking to the right people about it. Um, and yeah. I also think, I also think that, um, especially telling black men that they should not have any emotions. Um, that's definitely uh, you. Like, oh my yeah. goodness, I cannot even, I don't know where to begin. Yeah, that just hit that. me. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to begin with that. You know, that mm -hmm. emasculation, you know, yeah. you tell them like, oh yeah, you shouldn't feel because people will see you as weak, you know? For sure. And, makes, and then that idea makes black women look as though you know we are trying to put down black men and that is not mm -hmm. at all you know what should be happening here there is no hierarchy in the black mm -hmm. with black people like that's not yeah. what we want. yeah there's a lot you know you gotta take it yeah. piece, piece. <laughs> yeah those are two major ones um <laughs> yeah yeah so true so what got you started with poetry i was around eight years old when I first started reading poetry. I okay. really liked um, those small little like poems for children mm -hmm. poems at first. Um, some of them were really silly, but then, but then um, when I started being able to understand, you know, old English a little better, I started mm -hmm. reading Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Um, I actually have a huge book of collections of her poems and some Robert okay. Frost. Mm -hmm. uh, I started loving Shakespeare in in high school. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You know that, that's <laughs> he's not really considered. I mean, he's sort of considered a poet, but then not really. Yeah. I never really got around to Shakespeare. To, to Shakespeare. I got around to it, but I was like, this is foreign. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love poetry because it's like a puzzle and you kind of have to like, it's a lot of reading between the lines. And I love that because it sparks like critical thinking. Um, and there's some creativity on the reader's part um, in terms mm -hmm. of interpretation. Um, so I love that. But when I got to Shakespeare, and I, in one of my English classes, 
you know, my t- <laughs> my teacher would ask, you know, so what do you think that he's saying in this in this act? Because we were, you know, reading plays and different things. And, you know, I say he, he's saying such and such and such. And my teacher would be like, well, he's actually saying and I tried so hard. And it's just <laughs> I love po- I love poetry, but I, I just couldn't I, I just couldn't get around with, with Shakespeare. It just didn't work. So hats off to you. Thank you. Yeah, it takes a lot to understand it. Trust me, I've had help. Um, okay, okay. They made it a really like, am I just supposed deal. to automatically understand this? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I don't even think it's possible. No, no. And he was so controversial. I really didn't catch that until um, you know there were explanations surrounding like some of the things that he was saying and I was like he was a very controversial person like he was he was not afraid to talk about controversial things so I, I can I, I give him that I, I appreciate that about his writing but it, it takes a while for me <laughs> for me to get what he's saying with with the old English and everything um, but you were saying uh, you study like Emily Dickinson Robert Frost Shakespeare were there any others that you know, have inspired you? Um, eventually I had, I would make friends of librarians a lot and they would give oh, me yes. you know, poetry collections, right? And one of them, mm. I think it was my middle school librarian towards the end. I graduated from eighth grade and she gave me a collection of Langston Hughes poetry. And it was, wow. an illustrated, it was an illustrated book. So it was large, you know, it had all of his yeah. poems and then like, black illustrations of all of his poems and it was amazing you know i thought that was amazing and then she gave me um i know why the cage bird sings by my Annie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i had that one <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i thought that was great i i have started reading some of I, I know why the cage bird sings but i she has about seven books um in a series of the story mm-hmm. of her life broken down from from that book and I want to get all of them so I can just actually read through before I got you. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that was, you know, what I, what kind of started me with actually reading poetry and really getting involved in poetry. I started writing because coming from a single parent household, I did not have anyone to really talk to when I came home from school. My mom worked late. My brother okay. is about 12 years older than me. So by the time I, okay really, you know, got to the age where I needed to start talking to people about my feelings, he was gone. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And then um honestly speaking, he did spend some time in um US penitentiaries. So, you okay. know, he was also like completely gone, you know, from mm-hmm. just my life for a while. Um so, you know, having someone to talk to and then having someone to talk to about my brother being away like that exactly. and, me not, you know, and me not knowing if I would really see him again at all, you know, because not knowing as, you know, knowing what I did know at the time about the U.S., you know, prison system and our so-called justice system, him being a black <laughs> man, you yeah. know, I was very concerned that I would never see him again in life despite mm-hmm. his a short sentence, you know? Exactly. Um, so I was definitely, you know, alone for a while. And I started writing to just get my feelings out, you know, to feel like I was yeah. talking to someone. Yeah, that's that's so special. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have a favorite poem at all? 
Yes, actually. I know there's probably so many, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, one that I've written or one from other. Hey, other either, either one. You can share both. Maybe a favorite of your own and then a favorite um, of someone else's. Do you want just the name of it? Or is this another opportunity for performance? <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want to. Um, okay, if it's someone for, for someone else's, you can do the name. And then for yours, if you want to actually share it, you can. Oh, great. Well, um, I've got one that is particularly special to me. Okay. Um, I call it reversed it's um it's a self-written piece okay. and it's about you know if the roles of being you know black and white you know like and experiencing oppression if they were different mm. so i can briefly read some of it because it's a bit long so i'll probably cut it off um, yeah no worries what if the roles were reversed? In this country where being black is the same as being cursed and black children are less likely to attend college than ride in a hearse, would there still be a fight for basic human rights if the oppressed were white? White people don't even know what oppression feels like. If we are proud in our melanin, they take that as a personal attack. Damn, sue me and Wale. We rooting for everybody that's black. White people get offended by anything that does not praise them. They call us racist when their ancestors created racism. If the roles were reversed, if white people could step into our shoes, would their brothers and their fathers get locked up at the high rate that ours do? Would their facts be ignored until a black person says it's true? Would they be harassed and criminalized by random black women, black fathers and their sons in public spaces? Would their children walk into an honors course and be met with confused faces? Francis Scott Key said, America is the land of the free. Anybody who believes that is just too scared to turn on their TV. They are so happy in their ignorance or their secret racist beliefs to care about the black lives being taken on a weekly basis in the streets. But they always pay close attention when the victim is white. White people rely heavily on their privilege when they're losing in a fight. We got to lose all our melanin before we can get equal rights. Because when there is brown on our bodies, the white man will always kill us on sight. He will kill us if we go jogging, but we can't exercise. We can't rest in the comfort of our homes or have a cell phone. Our children can't play games in public parks without being shot. We can't read a book in our own car. We can't breathe. We can't sleep. We definitely can't shop for groceries. We can't even drive our own cars in peace because our skin is not white. Yeah, and, and, and there's more to it, but I'm just yeah, that's just a sneak peek. We'll have her back. <laughs> 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 That'll be an excuse uh, to invite you back so that you could share more. Um, but thank you so much uh, for sharing that. And what was the name of that again? Reversed. Yes. Reversed. Yeah, that's that's so amazing. Um, before we close out, what is the driving force behind your poetry? Like, what is it that you you want to do with your art? I want to express, you know, what I feel and what I think. 
And I want to, you know, let people know that there's a safe space for them to do the same, you know, and kind of be an example of that. You know, and I know that people often fear poetry, you know, mm -hmm. like they fear the use of it because they know it's so free form, you know, and mm. when you are a poet, you have something called poetic license, which means yep. you can really, you know, use English, however, you <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or even the lack thereof good English, you know, mm -hmm. whatever good English is. Exactly. And um say say what you really want to say, say what you feel. Mm -hmm. And I you know, I want people to know that poetry is always there for them too, you know. Mm -hmm. Not just something that, you know, you have to be good at doing to yeah. use poetry. I often hear people say, Oh, I would write poetry, but I'm not very good. There is no such thing as a bad poem. <laughs> so you know go ahead yeah. and write and write what you feel you know say what you mean yeah that's so good well i i think you're amazing um i think you are such a bold advocate um and your poems are so powerful so relatable and s with with so much conviction um and not even just like sparking conviction for the person listening but you can tell that it's coming from a deep place of conviction for you um, as well. And I love that you're using your voice to to raise awareness um, and to speak out for those that I won't say that can't because we all can for the for the most part, but maybe, you know, we don't have the courage to. And so I love that you're using your voice to speak out about things that maybe other people just don't simply don't have the courage um, to speak out about. So mm -hmm. I applaud you for that. Thank you so much for um, being willing to come on the show. Um, where can people stay connected with you? Um, my my Instagram for you know any of my poetry and art is Maria Poetry. That's M A R I A dot Poetry. Um, I don't post much poetry on my personal Instagram, but you know there's little stuff on there. You know where sometimes I'm commenting on something that's happening current events or, you know, just pictures of me, you yeah. <laughs> want to see pictures of me. Uh, and it, that is, I think, Maria underscore Lazaro or Maria dot Lazaro zero one, something like that. Yeah, you'll find it. Just search. Yeah, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, I'll, I'll uh, get it and I'll include it um, in the episode description. All right. Yeah, okay. but um, you can connect with her on Instagram um let's see was there anything else that you wanted to share before we closed out no i'm all good thank you again for having me um your podcast is very interesting i listened to some episodes before <laughs> coming to this <laughs> i love what you talk thank about you, you know thank and, you um, the previous poets you've had absolutely um especially i so think good. there was a young lady from south africa mm -hmm. her, actually her poem, yeah, yeah. Her poem, you know saying uh, I, I can't breathe and talking yeah. about what would childhood stories be like. Yeah. Oh, powerful. Yes. Oh, so powerful. I have, I'm so glad um, I decided to add this new part of MSE. Um, it was something new that I wanted to do for season three. Um, and I was like, I think I want to have, you know, poets to come on and basically do the same thing that we do in all of our episodes, which is raise awareness, address stigma, taboo, um, but just in a in art form, um, I won't say that it's a lighter <laughs> way, 
Um, but it's more, you know, free flowing um, and more, you know, casual and relaxed, even though we're still talking about tough things. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you've um, enjoyed. Uh, that makes me think I a while back, I was like, I wonder, like, if people really enjoy, you know, besides the reviews that I've gotten. Like, I wonder if people actually really enjoy MSC. And um, my, my husband had told me, you know, people, because you address such hard topics, I don't think people would actually come and be like, yeah, that episode was so for me or, you know, it just resonated so much. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, so it's it's good to hear that you're, you know, enjoying the open mic um, episodes. I'm so glad to have had you on. Um, but I'm really enjoying the open mics. They are incredible. So much amazing talent um, all over. Um, so I'm just really excited to be connecting with uh, poets and to be able to address stigma um, and, you know, carry out the mission of MSC uh, while also supporting um, other artists as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So thanks so much. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Again, I'll have all of Maria's information in the episode description for those who would like to stay connected with her. If you have your own platform um, or know someone who has a platform that highlights um, artists, please consider uh, Maria. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to her for that. Um, but thank you so much again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review, um, share with those that need to hear um, about our youth and about the topics that we discussed um, today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Maria. Um, and make sure that you connect with Maria on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSC Podcasts Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSC's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.